Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 197 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe, and I can see now, kind of. Yeah. What's What happened? You decided to put an extra contact lens in your eye? Uh, you know what? That's what I thought. So, long story short, uh, like, I wear contacts way too long. Like, if they're, like, one-week contacts, I'll, I'll try to, like, squeeze them out to, like, two, three weeks. So, every once in a while, they'll get annoying, and I'll have, you know, that's my signal that it's time to replace them. So, I... And my vision was also kind of blurry. So I was like, all right, well, they're, they're definitely need to be replaced. So I took one of them out. No problem. I went to take the other one out and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, there's no chance that I only put one contact in, you know, because it's like muscle memory at this point. You wake up in the morning, you know, I brush my teeth. I put my contacts in. I style my hair, you know, all those things. And uh, I'm like, there's no chance that I didn't put it in there. So. I was worried that the contact somehow like went under my eyelid, went somewhere like b- behind the eye. I don't know how science works. Sure. And it was really irritated. So after like two days of worrying about this, uh, my buddy Rob, who went to the AIW shows with me, is an optometrist. So I'm like, dude, I'm coming down to your office today. Uh, you know, I need you to take a look. And, you know, he puts, like, the dye in that, like, makes the contacts glow under a certain light or whatever. And it's not in there. There's no contact in my eye. But he's like, I figured out why your eye is agitated. And apparently, like, some of my eyelashes were, like, curling into my eye. Nice. So I'm like, okay, then... I guess they'll uncurl like uh, there's no big deal. I've never had this happen before. He's like, no, no, they're going to stay that way. And it's going to constantly irritate you. We need to pluck them out. (laughs) And Joe, I don't know if you know the pain that comes with plucking out eyelashes. Uh, It's, it's not fun. So that was my, uh, that was my evening today after (laughs) doing some doll safaris, but I'm good as gold now. I can see. (laughs) So you, you had ingrown eyelashes Something like that. There were eyelashes underneath my eye that like curled up into my eye somehow. Like it was they they're growing on the outside of the eye, but they curl inside. I don't understand it either. I just know that they were plucked out and it hurt. So I would a couple things. One, uh, we're just gonna breeze by you doing your hair in the morning. <laughs> it, it, this doesn't come easy, Joe. I mean, just you know, I just don't wake up looking like this. Sure, sure. Um, also, that kind of takes the cake of I trimmed up my beard um, over the weekend, and I noticed I had like one gray hair like growing out of the middle of my lip. Oh, <laughs> but when it's like when I have like a big bushy beard, you can't see because it's just all part of everything, right? Yeah, it's just mixed in. Right, it's just mixed in. But this was just like I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? Because usually. I have to give myself like three passes when I um, look at uh, when I when I shave, I trim it up. I do like the one, you know, kind of like the uh, the quick one. And then I get the parts that I miss Then I have to get like the magnifying mirror and like really close up like all the errant moles and stuff that have been uncovered (laughs) that have shit grown out of them, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? Despite all of this terrible hygiene news, uh, I do have something cool that might pop you, Joe. Oh, okay. So I, I teased this a couple weeks ago uh, that I had actually commissioned 
a new logo for the show. And I say commissioned because I wanted it to be done right, so I didn't want to half-ass it. So I reached out to our friend, friend of the show, Derek, and I gave him basically what I wanted. And I said, hey, no timetable, just try to make this for us. And uh, he came through, and I'm going to send this to you via text message. And I don't want you to tell people what it is, but I just want your reaction as far as whether or not you like it or not. So I just sent it to your phone, and hopefully it'll be there any second now. But let's get your reaction. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. I uh, I stooged this off on a couple people who wanted uh, wanted a preview, and they all sure. say that they want to see a T-shirt of this. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So we got time to have those ready to go for like a month from now, maybe like three weeks from now. Mm, maybe. I could start up a gimmick table, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, thank you, Derek, for the great work. I'm sure he'll listen to this. And uh, uh, one of my favorite logos, if not my favorite logo of the show. I got to send that to the house, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, while I'm doing that uh, and uh, playing with the bandwidth here, let's get into this. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents... This day in wrestling history. We're gonna have to get license or approval on that. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Uh. So hey, this day in wrestling history. Uh. 1990. Right at the cusp of when uh wrestling was uh, a thing for you, right? Yeah, it was still crawling at this time, yes. Right. Uh, NWA, not yet World Championship Wrestling. We're literally two weeks away, give or take, like a day or two from them making the official changeover from being NWA to World Championship Wrestling. Okay. Um, Held the Great American Bash from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, And... This is a ginormous card with three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven matches. Now, many of these were not on the home release. This was a thing that WCW NWA used to do is they'd have these big, giant, bloated pay-per-views, but they wouldn't spring for the three-hour SP tape. Mm-hmm. So they'd release like a two-hour truncated SP version of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, I'm almost certain that Doug Furness and Dutch Mantel taking on each other, as well as Mike <laughs> Rotundo taking on the Iron Sheik, were not on the home release. Oh, what a, what a tragic loss. Uh, Brian Pillman versus Buddy Landell, Doom versus the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, the original Dudes with Attitudes, Paul Orndorff, Junkyard Dog, and El Igante took on Sid, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham. Uh, Harley Race took on Tommy Rich, which is an interesting match because it was two guys that wrestled for the NWA title like maybe like eight years prior to this. Mm-hmm. And this was probably one of Harley's last matches as an active competitor. Like he'd still like do like an occasional manager match after this, but he was still wearing his old King Harley Race gear, <laughs> which was just like blue tights with a giant crown on them, you know? Yeah. And JR uh, was like, oh, Harley Race must be a fan of the Sacramento Kings with that gear, you know? <laughs> uh, JR showing he could be a little saucy even back then. 
uh, Vader uh, taking on Tom Zink, uh, Steiners versus the Freebirds, Midnight Express versus the Southern Boys. Uh, but the two big main matches was Lex Luger taking on Mean Mark Callis uh, in one of his last NWA matches before he would get a better offer somewhere else. Mm. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. Yeah, I think he does cameo videos now. Yeah, uh, all elite <laughs> Scooby Doo. <laughs> and the main event is Sting taking on Ric Flair and beating Ric Flair to win the NWA title. Okay. Uh, so this was supposed to happen earlier in the year, and they did a bit where at the end of 89, Horsemen are babyface, Sting is part of the Horsemen, Sting's the number one contender, there's a Clash of the Champions from January, where they kick Sting out of the Horsemen, eventually effectively turning the Horsemen back heel, Main event is a cage match. Sting comes out and tries to rush the cage. As he's trying to climb over the top of the cage, he fucks up his knee. Okay. Right? Yeah. So Sting is supposed to be out, like, way longer. Than, he was only out for six months from, like, uh, you know, like, a, a really bad, like, knee injury. So they have to now turn Luger babyface, where Luger had been, like, the number two heel at the time. And then Luger just wrestles Flair in, like, two pay-per-views in a row where they do, like, weird fuck finishes where they easily could have just like hot shot of the title of Luger had flair win it back because flair's like, no, I made a promise. You know, I want to put sting over as like the next guy. Right. Mm -hmm. But now that puts like a six month delay on things. And then when sting finally wins the belt, they don't have a heel person in Luger for him to go against because they've turned Luger face. And then this is what kicks off the black scorpion angle. <laughs> which I know wrestling was just starting for you, but again, the Black Scorpion angle is pretty notoriously bad, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, okay, so a lot of stuff. It was just, you know, I love the old stuff. You know me. Yeah. Uh, so also on this day, wrestling history, 1996, World Championship Wrestling held the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. Uh, again, you know, kind of ho-hum pay-per-view, I guess, on paper. Um you know, Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis, that's good, right? Mm -hmm. uh, John Tenta versus Big Bubber in a Carson City Silver Dollar match. <laughs> and what exactly is a Carson City Silver Dollar match? Uh, you know what, Adam, whether you asked or not, I was going to tell you what it was. Excellent. So there was a sock that was filled with silver dollars that was <laughs> hanging from a pole. You had to climb the pole. And again, bear in mind, John Tenta... <laughs> And Big Bubba Rogers had to climb a pole, and if they got the sock filled with silver dollars, they could use it in the match. <laughs> Jimmy Hart ends up climbing the pole to get the uh, silver dollars to Big Bubba. Uh, this is also the time where the build to this feud was uh, John Tenta had thrown down the shark gimmick. And mm. said that he's a man, not a fish. <laughs> and Big Bubba had shaved half of his beard to make him look ridiculous. <laughs> were the silver dollars, do they have chocolate on the inside? Uh, no, no. I think they were like, you know, legitimate like silver dollars, you know. Oh, all right. Uh, DDP versus Hacksaw Jim Dugan in a tape fist match. Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy in a double dog collar match. Uh, Dean Malenko versus Disco Inferno. And again, we talked before about pay-per-views having too many matches. 
on pay-per-view, they decide to run Steve Mongo McMichael versus the Florida Pipeline himself, Joe Gomez. <laughs> and now knowing what I know, that's why Joe Gomez is on pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair versus Conan, Giant and Kevin Sullivan versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. Okay, we've sat through all of this. It's time for the main event, Adam. All right. It's Team WCW of Randy Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger taking on Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and their mystery partner. That's right. 26 years ago today was the birth of the New World Organization of Wrestling, brother. Yeah, it's funny, like, how memorable and iconic the main event is, obviously. But, like, every single match on an undercard, (laughs) I, I have no recollection of whatsoever, you know? I, not having done the research for this, I might have been able to name two matches, maybe three as a lucky guess as yeah. the rest of what that card was. Like I knew I like for some reason, like the Ric Flair Conan match is so ingrained in my soul on this and the Rey Mysterio psychosis match for obvious reasons. Right. Yeah. I might have stumbled my way into like the Dean Valenko match. And I would have guessed, like, I'm like, uh, Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit did something on this match, on the show, question mark, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I, feel, I feel like if you were at this show or if you watched that pay-per-view, if, like, the public enemy were set on fire, you wouldn't have remembered it after the no. main event, you know? For sure. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, th- like, this literally changed wrestling. Um, you know, WCW kind of had a lead over WWF for a while. Uh, with the advent of Nitro less than a year earlier. But this, the Hogan heel turn, uh, the NWO, and I think the way things lined up the next night, you know, it's not in our this day, but the next night was an was a uh, an, against an unopposed Raw because the Westminster Dog Show. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if WCW was already winning the war, but this was, like, the catalyst for them to, like, to trounce them for the next, like, year and a half. Yeah, no, absolutely. And plus, it's uh, Bobby Heenan long-term storytelling paying off, you know? Yeah, whose side is he on? (laughs) Heenan's been telling the truth for ever since uh, Hogan got to WCW, and we didn't want to believe him. I I always wanted to believe him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, this day in wrestling history, 1997, 25 years ago, it's the head-to-head Nitros and Raws. Um, You know, again, looking at the Nitro, a year later, Joe Gomez still wrestling again. They're in Memphis. I say that's close enough to the pipeline. <laughs> I still go. I still go. Mess have a job at WCW for so long. You know, I don't know. <laughs> he gets you things know? done. Oh, uh, well, listen. Uh, let's just say wherever Joe Gomez go, allegedly there would also be a lot of snow with him as well. <laughs> and I don't mean informer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this Nitro, uh, you know, we talk about like, oh, it's another like cookie cutter by the numbers Nitro. But I would say this is one of the more memorable moments in the uh, Monday Night Wars as this is the uh, DDP as La Parca against Macho Man. Yep. I have very little memory of anything, but I remember that. Yeah. One of the more memorable things, like I said, just uh, really hot stuff that was going on uh, there, you know, as it was like these stagnant segments of the NWO. And then like every third or fourth week, they'd like change the thing. And, you know, people would go nuts and it'd be memorable. But, you know, there was a period of time for like 10 months where you could like set your watch to, it ends with, 
you know, an NWO beatdown, Sting repels from the rafters, Tony Schiavone says folks are out of time, and that's the show. Yeah, or it starts off with a 20-minute long NWO pay-per-view. Or, not, uh, promo. 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 Yeah. Uh, over on the Distinguished Competition, over on Monday Night Raw, uh, it's the night after Canadian Stampede, uh, arguably one of the best pay-per-view main events in world wrestling entertainment history. Uh, the show opens, and I tweeted it out earlier today, uh, with Brett coming out and cutting the promo in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and it hits so many of my favorite Bret Hart promo tropes from this area. He thanks the fans uh, for letting them be, letting him be their hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he calls Stone Cold a jackal. He talks about how bad America is, and he says in the SummerSlam three times in the course of the promo. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. But this is now beginning the build for SummerSlam, which is only three weeks away. And this is kind of leftover. You know, we talked months ago that King of the Ring was supposed to be Brett versus Austin with all the members of the Hart Foundation handcuffed at ringside. And if Brett lost, he could never wrestle in the United States again. Somebody really liked that stipulation because here Brett sets up. He's wrestling Undertaker at SummerSlam, and if he doesn't walk out of SummerSlam as the champion, quote, I will never set foot on U.S. soil ever again. Okay. So through the rest of the night, they also are building up all the other Heart Foundation versus, uh, you know, the the people from the 10-man whatever, right? Uh, We get Owen versus Austin for the Intercontinental title where Austin says... Uh, if I can't beat you, Owen, in the middle of the ring, I'm going to kiss your ass. Uh, not kick your ass, I'm going to kiss your ass. They set up Bulldog versus Shamrock, who at the time was, like, doing an undefeated streak, which I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. And Bulldog says that if I don't if I don't beat you at SummerSlam, I'll eat a can of dog food. Um, they set up, I forget who Nightheart is supposed to fight, but this one gets like just they mention it here and then it never gets brought up again that Nightheart says if he loses at SummerSlam, I think he was supposed to maybe fight Goldust or something uh, that he no, 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 because Pillman fights Goldust. I forget who it doesn't matter who Anvil fights because the match never happens. He says that he would shave off his goatee. Oh, what a, what a hell of a stipulation. Right. And Pillman, that's the Pillman wears the dress thing with Goldust, right? OK, uh, but also on this episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, We have the finals of the World Wrestling Entertainment Tag Team Title Tournament as Owen and Davey uh, defeat uh, D'Lo Brown and Farouk to become uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment Tag Team Champions. And because Austin was the last champion and his partner, Shawn Michaels, got hurt, (laughs) next week on Raw, Austin gets a shot against Owen and the Bulldog with a partner of his choice. Okay. Unrelated, on next week's show, I'm we're going to have a special guest on the show. And I'm not going to reveal who the special guest is. Hmm. But if you know what happens on Raw next week, 25 years ago, you might have an idea of who our special guest is going to be. Oh, have mercy. All right. Beat me to it. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a tease and a half right there. It sure is. All right. Uh, so, hey, that's the history. Let's get into more recent stuff. Let's talk about wrestling in the last seven days. All right. I'm going to start things off, Joe. Just uh, I feel like this is a slam dunk because there was a big title change. 
in the WWE women's division that everybody is talking about. And of course, I mean, Cora Jade and her friend <laughs> defeating Gigi Dolan and the other one for the NXT tag team titles. Uh, you know, I made sure to check this out because obviously the Great American Bash was this week. And everybody knows that the uh, NXT mini pay-per-views are just can't miss action. And uh, I, I don't know what it was about this match, but my eyes were glued to the screen the entire time. And it's good to see Cora Jade and her friend get a title reign. And uh, also, don't sleep on the opening vignette of the show because uh, Quinn McKay was showcased very prominently in a, in a great role. So I definitely recommend everybody go check that out. But uh, congrats to Cora Jade and uh, I guess Roxanne Perez. Did you watch the entire episode of the NXT? I watched the opening vignette. I watched a couple of the little promos here and there. I watched the tag title match, and then I checked to see who won, like, the titles. Because, like, the world title was up and uh, the tag titles. I just want to know who won, because I like to keep my finger on the pulse of uh, NXT 2.0. glow. Yeah. I haven't watched a full NXT, I think, since October. Yeah. And I follow it on, you know, I follow it through GIFs and the uh, WWE American Nation YouTube page. When the full segments go up, I look and I'm like, hmm, do I want to watch this? Do I want to watch this? And invariably, I don't. <laughs> Understandable. I, I can't blame you there. I just, I have skin in the game. You know, I had to make sure that uh, the, the people that I'm, I'm a big fan of, I wanted to make sure I supported them. I have noticed, though, they have uh, been moving a lot more people from NXT UK, which apparently is a thing. I've, I'll never know. Yeah. Uh, but they are moving a lot of people. Like, I think within the last, like, month, they've moved, like, four or five people from NXT UK to regular NXT with either vignettes, uh, building them up, or debuting them uh, within the last, like, week or two. It is entirely possible because there's a lot of people who like pop up that I don't recognize, which doesn't say much because, you know, that's what pretty much half the brand is. But when you're fast forwarding through, you, I don't really get the backstory if these are debuting people or, or UK people. Yeah. But if they're UK people, man, they really missed out on the opportunity of just staying under the radar in, in the UK, you know? Yeah, well, what that leads me to believe is because they have been sending more people over to NXT UK. I think, like, Andre Chase and Chase University just went over this week. Okay. So I don't know if those are permanent moves or if those are just, like, temporary moves. Because I know Ivy Nile went over for a couple weeks. And then she came back. And I know uh, Brooks and Jensen went over. And they're the NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Which, again... <sighs> <laughs> okay, sure. All right. Yeah, makes total uh, sense. Yeah. Right. And I'm the hot dog Ronald eating champion or whatever the hell it is. Like the Nathan's hot dog champion. Why the hell not? You know? Yeah. I mean, it would only make sense if they were heels over there because you know how WWE loves to bring foreigners here and be like, ooh, look at the spooky foreigners. Be scared of them and make them heels. You know, obviously in the inter international world, Americans, especially uh, like the good old country boy Americans, they'd make great heels in the UK. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be positioned as heels. They should be, but I don't yeah. know if they are. No, that's the thing, is that it should be. Yeah. Um, so it was a lean week for me. Um, I did watch a bunch of stuff, uh, but nothing really stuck out at me. I didn't even watch anything on Money in the Bank. Okay. Um, but I'll just say this. I, I guess this will be a talking point of mine. Um, I guess in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, right? Yeah. 
from what I understand, it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't see it, but uh, go ahead. And apparently Shotzi uh, fucked up a bunch of stuff. And a bunch of people, like, a bunch of people, like, gave her shit about it online. And she went and deleted all of her social media. Um, I didn't go and watch the match, but I did ask um, people that did. And they said that, like, she wasn't the only one who botched stuff in the match. It was pretty much everybody that was screwing up all over the place. So it was odd that people were targeting her. And she's a nice kid, you know, maybe got called up to the main roster and put into a position a little bit too soon. But they have a bare bones women ro- women's roster at this point. Um, I-, I think I saw some deal that this upcoming Monday on Raw is the first time men are main eventing Monday Night Raw in something like seven weeks. Oh, wow. But when you peel that back and say of those last seven weeks i think five of the seven weeks was becky versus oscar yeah and some kind of combination yeah yeah so it's not like this deep women's roster it's just the same two really good people made of ending raw and i get it but you know i don't know shotzi's a good kid you make maybe a couple spots not so great in a match you make one bad life decision but uh i don't know <laughs> everybody, everybody needs to like calm down online i guess i don't know yeah i mean shocker that people on the internet are mean and like dicks and yeah. target target women wrestlers you know yeah and i and there's another thing i saw some person um like, okay so i saw some person say some like weird creepy shit about rhea ripley and, like, Rhea Ripley came out, and I forget what she said. She said her shoot name. She's like, hi, it's so-and-so. You know, the actual human person behind the TV character, Rhea Ripley. Like, this is real creepy. This is real disturbing. You shouldn't be tagging me in this. And you shouldn't be talking about women or any other person in this way, you know? Mm. And then there were a bunch of people that are like, oh, man, all these people today are so soft and everything else like that. It's like, nobody has a voice. And, you know, people are soft. Back in your day, if somebody booed you, you would take them out back and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so people just handle things differently. And I do think that women, for the most part, do get a lot of undue and unjust things. And, you know, listen, I've been uh, guilty of making remarks about people, but I I may have, but I really do my best not to critique uh, any competitor male female you know non-binary whatever their their physical appearance uh their looks uh their in-ring stuff um you know because obviously these are things that these folks pride themselves on and you know i may have made a joke or two about people but i try to go so over the top that it's ridiculous but that's why i don't do those sort of things no more or at the very least i poke at some people that i know and you know maybe they're in on it maybe they're you know maybe we kind of talked about it beforehand and i'm like this is funny i'm gonna tweet it right yeah um i don't know where i was going with this um it's gonna look very uh hypocritical when i get to the other thing i want to talk about but uh <laughs> i don't like to bury people but after adam's done talking i'm gonna bury somebody <laughs> well go ahead 
Uh, you got anything else to talk about from this? Yeah, week? yeah. I got one other thing, and it's not really a, a huge, like, not a lot to recap, but it's mm. more of a discussion point, and that is that on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium this past week on Uncharted Territory, they announced that there will be IWTV tag team titles. And uh, details are obviously forthcoming on how those are going to be crowned. But I just wanted to kind of speculate on like some, uh, not necessarily who the first champion is going to be, but some of the people you want to see involved in, uh, you know, in the mix. Uh, obviously, we have some of the show favorites like Gummy Boar and Bulking Season, maybe Big Dan and Channing Tatum. Uh, but just wondering uh, who you'd like to see at the very least in the tournament or if they do a tournament, like just basically maybe the first couple contenders for the titles. Yeah. So, you know, obviously uh, I have a very narrow cast sometimes when it comes to uh, indie wrestling, I need to do, I do need to broaden my hot horizons a bit. Uh, you know, I'd like to see the uh, outfielders, Weber uh, Hatfield and Shane McCoy thrown in there. I'd like to see Derek and Ziggy thrown in there. Yep. Uh, as a team, I, I've seen a couple, two, three times over in Enjoy Wrestling that Edith Surreal and Willow Nightingale have teamed up. They're a good one. Uh, but I think the one that everyone pretty much has said uh, almost unanimously is uh, Violence is Forever, a uh, friend of the show, Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo, um, which I think makes sense. You know, they're one of the more decorated tag teams on the indies these days. Yep. Um, other than the fact that I had pictures of the titles months ago. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I got no speculation. I have no idea what Jerry's going to plan for this, um, where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Um, I know what I would do, but nobody's asking me. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to see uh, in lieu of like a real heavyweight title. You know, this is a good consolation prize. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a big boys title, uh, you know, requested a Haas division title, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the Duke has had that cornered over an AIW with the boots <laughs> for many, many years. Yeah, maybe uh, melt down that solid boot, you know, and use that to forge a new belt. Yeah, sure. Melt down that solid boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so th this is a quick one, but I I'd be remiss not to mention because it, it happened in the past week. Um, you know, Adam, um, I know you're surprised by this. I was surprised by this. Okay. Um, the person running Buff Bagwell's Twitter wasn't Buff Bagwell. What? Oh, wait, 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 wait. But the Buff that called our voicemail was real, right? Uh, you know, I'm looking into that. Okay. Um, I've Don't been going over it. that. Like, I've been, I sent the uh, recording out to analysts and so forth. Okay. Um. So, yeah, so, you know, obviously I think, uh, you know, some people are like, we all got deceived. And I'm like, <laughs> did we? <laughs> did we? What I will say, when it came out, like, officially, you know, and many of us knew for a very long time. And I'm like, okay, maybe you're just young or maybe you're naive or maybe you're not aware of, like, this very public video that's been going around of Buff talking about how great a President Trump is. and. The multiple DUIs in the last three years and him being at one of the Conrad StarCast events and trying to steal the cash box. And I'm all for redemption and I'm all for getting clean and I'm all for somebody making their life better, you know? Mm. Um, but all of this just fact smacked of less 
focus on Buff trying to get himself better, but using Buff getting himself better as a vehicle to take advantage of people. And the guy who was running not his social media, but at least part of the social media team was the guy that was also doing the merch and setting Buff up to do like comedy shows. And <laughs> I don't know. Um, was a guy who was a notoriously shady promoter in the Ohio area who was also like a registered sex offender. Ugh. And yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like thing upon thing upon thing. And then Buff puts out a video. That's very sad. And I don't mean like, oh, pulled at my heartstrings. Uh, it was more or less like, this is a bummer. Um, they burned it out too quickly. They could have just put out like one to two tweets a day, maybe interact with one or two people a day, kind of do a slow burn instead of doing like this whole big upheaval. But I guess signed top hats don't sell themselves. Mm -hmm. And the whole <laughs> thing just reeked of like, phoniness and like what Buff had shown before with all the fake stuff that was going on it didn't show that he had changed even if he is in DDP's thing and he is supposed to be getting himself changed and in the video he's like oh I'm doing it you know uh, uh, I don't know what the thing is that he it's like uh, with DDP it's like get clean or die or some shit like that right Okay. and they're also doing a documentary around this and it kind of then makes me think of, like, was this all cooked in the first place to have the real documentary have, like, this second app click cliffhanger that, like, oh, everyone found out that Buff, uh, you know, isn't who he says that he is. And now he has to kind of turn it around for the documentary. So the whole thing just felt shady from the beginning. And this will be the last time, unless, like, Buff does something, like, really egregious, like, I'm done with the buff stuff. Um, mm. Hopefully he gets clean and hopefully he gets better. But most importantly, like stay off social media, fix whatever problems you got things fucked up with in the first place, but stay off social media until you're clean, until you're good, until you're in a right head space, in a right ment body space, whatever it is, stay off social media. You don't need a team. You don't need to tweet. We don't need to, like, we don't need to know what 45-year-old me is up to. We certainly don't need to know what 52-year-old you is up to, 52 year old you is up to, right? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I just say that anybody who paid money for a signed Buff Bagwell top hat and got fleeced kind of deserves it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Joe, is that it for uh, your talking points? No. Oh, shit. You're going again. Go for it. This I got two more actually. What? Uh, this right. is a this is a quick one. It was on the road to this week's episode of Dynamite YouTube show. Uh, that promo by Matt Menard. Mm -hmm. Um, unbelievable. And I know there was like one guy who was like, "This promo stinks. Why does he do this? This is like a babyface promo." Blah blah blah. And like he was immediately shouted down as a dope, just trying to be a contrarian, right? Mm -hmm. um i've watched that promo like 10 times uh as a father i tear up every time that he talks about missing his kids for his steps uh but he turns it around and like makes it that as he missed it like it didn't matter because he's doing this because jericho told him to like kind of putting him right back into that crony dirtbag heel role and uh, i know he'll never listen to this uh but i really want to see matt menard beat up eddie <laughs> 
I, I watched that promo. Uh, I enjoyed that promo. I thought it was very good. Where you guys might lose me a little bit is, and not necessarily you, but like just a lot of the people giving it its flowers is that they were, I was seeing a lot of people say that this was like one of the top three greatest promos of all time or something like that. And I'm like, uh, pump your brakes a little bit, but maybe some of the, yeah, impact, what about that pilled up Shawn Michaels one? Well, may, right. I was about to just say, maybe some of the impact is lost on me, not being a father. Right. But I, but I, I will say, like, I watched it and I was like, oh, holy shit, that was really good. Yeah. And for somebody who primarily is like a comedy guy, at least on the mic, it showed a lot of range and it was really good. You know, but like where where I kind of like rolled my eyes a little bit is where they were saying it was like one of the all time greatest promos, um, maybe one of the best AEW promos. You know, or definitely one of the best promos of the last couple of years anywhere. Uh, but, like, let's pump the brakes on putting it on Mount Rushmore, you know? Yeah, and, like, you know, I, I'm kind of with you uh, in regards to I can't say it's one of the best promos of all time. It was just really, really goddamn good. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. You know, are we going to sit here and rank best promos of all time? You know, the people that are like, oh, the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo, like, that's not even the best promo that Dusty cut that month in WCW, let alone, like, his entire career, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and when I think about it, like, a good chunk of the promos, if I was to pick them today, have, like, family elements, like father and son, mother and daughter, you know, brothers stuff, you know? That's yeah. the stuff that kind of hits me as an old man. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. All right. But yeah, it was definitely a really good promo. I mean, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, go check it out. I just wanted to be a contrarian just a little bit. Of course. Go ahead. Tweet that out. See how that works for you, Adam. <laughs> I think I was very clear in saying that I thought it was very good. I was just mm -hmm. telling people to, like, maybe let's not go crazy here. Okay. If you tweet that, I'll make sure to signal boost it so everyone sees it. <laughs> signal everyone. boost this podcast, Joe, and then let them listen to it. They, I do. All right. I do. All right. It's easier to interact with a tweet than download a podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's no fucking money in it, though. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, go on to your point number four, Joe. All right. I saved the best for last, Adam. Yes. It finally happened. The thing that we've been waiting weeks, if not months, for. This past Friday night on SmackDown, we were introduced... <laughs> To Marseille and Mansois, the maximum male models introduced to us by none other than Rene Dupree. Rene, listen to me. It's Rene. It's not. It's Max Dupree. It's the, his brother is Rene Dupree. Um, but holy shit, Adam. This segment, I, if the Matt Menard promo didn't happen on Tuesday, this would have topped what I watched the most in the last seven days. <laughs> Now, Joe, I, I did not watch this segment. Let no, me send you the link. Uh, I can't, is it was it a match or was it like a an interview a promo? No, so he does the thing backstage with uh, Pierce where he does the close talker gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sets up him going out like everything is finally right. The lighting is right. Everything that he wanted for his maximum male models is ready to go. So we then go to commercial. We come back. Uh, Max Dupree is in the ring. Uh, with the light on him, and uh -huh. he introduces separately Masse and Mansois, and they have like a runway set up that they come down through the entranceway, okay. and they have camera people, and he's talking about them and how fantastic they are. 
and uh, they are here to, like, I forget the exact verbiage of it, but it's to, like, titillate and excite your every desire. <laughs> All right, I'm sold. Send it to me. Send it to me. I'll check it out after this. All right. <laughs> but, Adam, you missed it this week on 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 this past Friday's. On this week's Friday, uh, Friday Night SmackDown, they're debuting their line of tennis wear. <laughs> so I'm just saying, must-see TV is back. SmackDown's the A show again. The Maxim male models are here. All right. You know what? Uh, I will watch this first one when you send it to me, and I'll be the judge of it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. All right. Uh, listen, as long as they do a maximum male model skit on SmackDown, we're talking about it in whatever the weekly whatever is, right? <laughs> yeah. It's All a right. given. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So now you're done, right? Now I'm done. All right, Joe. It's my turn to assign at odds show homework, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Whatever could it be? Yep. Yep. I, I understand that it. this is going off script a little bit, but I feel like we need to return to our strength. And that is assigning AIW 3D because, you know, at at odds, we review the shows, we preview the shows. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but we're going to watch, and it is actually streaming right now live on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. But you and I and some other folks will have to catch it on a replay. And uh, looking forward to an AEW show at the Winchester, a different environment. Hopefully somebody doesn't hit the wall. But uh, And I'm also looking for my 3D glasses around the house somewhere because otherwise my head will hurt from watching the show without the glasses i'm worried about that i still have a pair my pair of 3d glasses when i went to go see nightmare on elm street 6 freddy's dead in the theaters oh okay well you know yeah. what you you watch first and then i'll come and borrow those from you okay and i think okay. I, i'm trying to think there's a dvd movie like i think i have one of the friday the 13th on dvd and that came with like uh, not the ones that have the things that go uh, behind your ears, but you have to like, like, it's just like the little frames of it. You know, you got to hold them up to your eyes. Okay. To get the 3D gimmick, you know? Yeah. I wonder if the old Valiant Vision glasses that came with like Solar will work. Oh, I'm sure they would. Yeah. Right. I might have some of those somewhere. All right. Perfect. We're set. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The Winchester shows are always fun. Uh, I forget who said but they're almost like ECW Jim Thorpe shows mm -hmm. where like, is there storyline progression? Yes. Are there good matches on those shows? Yes. But you're also going to see like weird talent mix up matches that you're not going to see on like the quote unquote a shows, if you will, like mm -hmm. on those Flagstaff shows, like only there would you see a 12 minute competitive match of two cold Scorpio versus hack Myers, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, but yeah, I will try to, I have nothing to do. I'll watch that tomorrow before I go to uh, the Comic-Con with Joe, or with Todd. Uh, yeah, and you're going to see Thor. You got a busy week this week. I do. There's going to be a really banging episode of Porch Talk this week when uh, Todd and I <laughs> Todd and I recap our, our con adventures. Is that going to come out before or after the health insurance episode? <laughs> uh, we're going to drop them both on the same day. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so it's voicemail time. All right. Uh, our first call is uh, from co-host of the A Show, uh, Matt Derlane. No, 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 no. Joe, you will not play a voicemail of anybody from the A Show. Not on this show, because I spent a ton of money, company money, mind you, to get a commercial played on their show. And 
I got no official response. I didn't get any kind of thank you from them. You know what, Joe? Do you have the audio of that commercial? Can you play it? Of course. When you emailed it to me originally, I printed the email out and framed it. So, of course, I still have it. All right. You know what? Play that, and then I'll decide after that if we want to play Matt's voicemail. The following announcement has been paid for by the soon-to-be-named network. Hello, The A Show. This is the $100 Vansky, the star of Add Odds with Wrestling and Porch Talk, and the two-time A-Show Tournament of Champions winner, and soon-to-be featured performer at the Great Lakes WrestleFest, the man Adam Van. I want to take this opportunity to congratulate you guys for another season of the A-Show and another Tournament of Champions. Hmm, Tournament of Champions. You seem to throw the term champion around pretty loosely these days, considering the winningest competitor in show history, i.e. me, wasn't invited to participate this year. Not that I would have, mind you, but, you know, sometimes you get nostalgic for the old days. Like when I easily defeated Jason Diagostino way back in the day. Or when I beat Tim Taylor without even preparing for the show. Or when I pushed Joe Sposo to a time limit draw. And who can forget when I smashed and stacked both Tim Taylor and Brett Miles at the same time while simultaneously revolutionizing the way the game is played by drafting myself. When I look back at all my accomplishments, I mean, honestly, I weep, for there are no more drafts left to conquer. But notwithstanding, people always ask me if I'd ever do another episode of the show. I mean, it'd be ratings gold, so I'm sure you guys would love it. The industry juggernaut that is the soon-to-be-named network promoting the entire spectacle, I can see it right now. The return of the man that everyone wants to see lose but never does. But why? What's in it for me? Who's left for me to beat? At this point, the only real competition for me would be myself. But even I'm not egotistical enough to suggest that I face myself on an episode of The A-Show, am I? The level of mental toughness required to pull that off. I'd have to be the strongest man in all the land. Huh. Anyways, good luck with the finals. And hey, Matt, do me a favor. Put a mirror underneath Sleepy Decker's nose. Make sure he's still breathing. The preceding announcement had been paid for by the soon-to-be-named network. Well, you know what? Just I, I just want to say, uh, Matt, uh, Sleepy Decker, uh, that thing that you just heard and that you heard on your last episode of your Tournament of Champions, if you want to call it that, uh, that's what we call production value. You should look into that. But uh, I don't know, Joe. I, I guess you can play his voicemail if you want to. I'm going to disconnect my headphones uh, that I don't even wear, but uh, you can go ahead and play it. Good evening, gentlemen. This is Matt from The A-Show, uh, calling to uh, mostly speak to Adam's ad that he purchased on our finals that I finally heard. Um, so there were a few errors, we'll call them, in there. Um, for example, he has never won the Tournament of Champions Bullshit. And he's never done the majority of the things that he talked about on the show. But that's okay, because listening to his voicemail or his discussion of the ad, I had an idea. So I'm going to talk to Decker to see if this works, and we'll get things moving for the fall 2022 season. For Adam, I think this is going to work. We'll see what happens. 
Well, great quality phone call. Didn't expect much more from you. Uh, invest in a new phone or a microphone. Um, I don't know what, what exactly he's he's alleging. First of all, everybody knows I am a former two-time champion. That is indisputable. There's only two champions that have ever been crowned, myself and Jenna. Um, but I don't know what he's planning. Uh, but as I said, I will never appear on the A-show because there's nobody left for me to beat. Uh, there's really no legit competition. And, you know, uh, that's where I'll leave it at. All right. Well, thank you for your call, Matt. Um, a lot of this is sure creeping over into this show, huh? <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. It's le- legitimate heat, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Next call. Hey, guys. It's Kevin. Speaking of Kevin, boy, do I regret starting getting into whatever that Kevin Smith uh, discussion there that we we're having on Twitter. <laughs> And it got to the point where I'm like, I have other stuff to do than to be on Twitter. I need to just ignore this. Uh, there's good discussion going on. There's good debate. And uh, I'm all for sitting down with Ed sometime and recording our Kevin Smith opinions for a podcast. All for it. But I'm going to try to use that uh, spent time, not wasted time at all, to inspire my question for this week. So part of Kevin Smith is having James and Bob appear and things, you know, whether it's uh, very briefly, like in Chasing Amy or whether throughout the whole movie, but they're, they're the ones that tie together all of these things. And I got thinking, wouldn't that be interesting in wrestling? Now, we kind of already have it in certain ways with AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan being connected. You can even throw Impact in there, kind of. But what if we included, like, all of WWE with all of it? What if there's just, say, a, a pair, a twosome, that could randomly appear anytime in wrestling to just kind of tie it in together to be fun, to be silly, uh, just sort of like a wink or a nod, or when needed, maybe progress the plot forward, maybe be part of the storyline, maybe have matches, be part of the adventure. Um, and I, I think like someone like OC makes sense. He's just, you know, to appear backstage. That could really make sense. You could do a joke of, um, who was, was it Kayla Starks? I think um, those on uh, AEW um, as enhancement talent, but also kissed by the Los Lotharios within the same couple days there. Something like that would be interesting. I'm going to throw it out there, the Street Profits. You know, so they always do their segments in WWE where they're backstage and interact with people. Um, the barbecue this weekend on Raw. But imagine if, like, there's something going on backstage with Jericho Appreciation Society and their Street Profits reacting to it or their backstage at Impact or Ring of Honor or AIW or whatever. And they're just kind of like the straw that stirs the drink in a red solo cup, of course, mm. to just kind of get something going, have reaction, have a pop, continue on with the show. So that's what I could come up with this for this week. Curious if you guys can think of something for this example. Hopefully I explained it well enough. And, uh, Looking forward to the homework. I cannot watch it live tonight because I'm busy hanging out with my son watching Teen Titans, and that's awesome. Bye. All right. Thank you for the call, Kevin. I I think I know exactly what you mean. You know, somebody or some a pair that, you know, can pop up and, you know, whether it be a cameo for comedic purposes or 
or they they might have to drop in and, and say something poignant like Jason Mewes at the or not Jason Mewes, like Kevin Smith at the end of Clerks as Silent Bob or, you know, somebody that can get physical, do a vignette, just kind of walk in the background. And I think you need somebody or a pair that have range, somebody that's funny, but also serious, but that can draw money. And I'm going to, of course, say the Iconics or the Inspiration. I think they'd be a great pair to pop up at New Japan, Ring of Honor, WWE, uh, AEW, AIW, LVAC, wherever. Uh, I think that's a great, great uh, pairing. So it has to be a pair, I guess. Is that I what think, he's insinuating? Well, well, no, he mentioned, you know, Jay and Silent Bob as the, in, you know, the inspiration, no pun intended. Uh, but he did mention Orange Cassidy as a possible idea. So a pair, but based on the, the Jay and Silent Bob recurring characters, I think is what he meant. Yeah. See, un- unfortunately, the way my mind goes is, you know, like, I just can't get over the speed bump of... You couldn't get Impact and AEW to agree on, like, what talent to use and how. Mm -hmm. And you're going to agree on multiple companies. Like, I know this is fantasy and it's make-believe and it's pretend. (laughs) That's just wrestling in and of itself, not on top of Kevin's scenario that he pitched. But I figure if you're going to do it, you're going to do it and go big. It has to be a character that exists not only in all of these different wrestling worlds, but also in like our real world as well. Uh, it's John Cena. John okay. Cena just pops up in every show. Like there's one week of TV where he's on, like, w- let's start on Monday. He's on Raw on Monday. He's in the crowd on AEW Dark on Tuesday. He's on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. He's on Impact on Thursday. He's on SmackDown or whatever. Whatever indie shows are running that weekend, he's there. <laughs> whether it's just in the crowd whether it's just something it's just one week john decides i'm gonna be at every I'm gonna, let's do it i'm gonna do this goof i'm gonna be like even if he's just like in the like there's a there's a there's a backstage scuffle right like eddie kingston and jericho are fighting in the garage yeah. and you see john cena like get out of his car see the fight and just get back into his car <laughs> you know yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, not as big of a draw as the Iconics, but... I, no, I, no, I, no. That's not a bad idea. I like that. Yeah. But, all right, I like that. That's good question. a good call, Kevin. Yeah. Last call, pink button time. All right. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, Clerks 3. <laughs> Watch that trailer a lot. Uh... And Doc Elias, like I said, really terrible. I hate it. I just fucking hate it so much. Um, It's just my least favorite trope is, like, this person's the total opposite now. That's why I can't watch Rest of Development Season 4. I think it's fucking lazy. I think it's fucking dumb. Uh, I hate it. Um, My favorite character in cinema history is now ruined. It is like a 30-year-old goth. Uh, fucking awful. But I don't know, maybe it was a good thing. Like, uh, the shirt won't mean anything to you, but like the U.S. version of Skins, I like, I, I sat down, I was ready to hate watch that, and it ended up being really good. And the Power Rangers movie in 2017, I went to hate watch that. Uh, and the fact that it was okay and watchable made it seem like pretty fucking good. So I think that might be the move for Clerks 3. I'm definitely still going to see it. Um, but I have no expectations that you are expected to be bad. 
So if it's even watchable, I think that's a win at this point. I don't know, man. Randall makes clerks? I don't fucking... This is... Lazy. Just lazy. <laughs> it's all really lazy. Um... Hey, I watched Uncharted Territory this week, and that cruel guy is fucking dope. He's just a big monster man, like 1997 Kane. <laughs> I like it. I want to see him more places. Tell Mantis about him. Tell Mantis about old cruel. It'd be cool than an that show. I have my list of people in AIW. I want to see Cruel face. Uh, you guys, have you seen Cruel? Have you guys seen Cruel? Nope. Fantastic. <laughs> Got a cinder block smashed on his head. It did nothing. It's fucking dope. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, what's Joe? Uh, thoughts on Chris 3 now the trailer's out. Do you think it, it does it look worse now than you thought it would be? Uh, you know, let me know. I don't know. Not, not stoked anymore. I'm still going to see it. But cruel. Bye. <laughs> Joe, I just want to say I cannot wait until the end of our season when we could take a week off and just play all of Ed's calls. <laughs> Well, joke's on you. I delete everything after we're done recording. Oh, come on. God damn. Uh, second of all, there are no weeks off unless there's like serious, serious injuries or something. Yeah. Or people are like lit- legitimately out of the country or something. <laughs> uh, but I went into uh, Clerks 3 with very low expectations. And uh, Kevin Smith uh, buried those expectations. Oh. Uh <laughs> I, I made the joke to Ed or to someone that it's always really cool when like somebody does a fan uh, version of their favorite movie and they get someone from the original movie to be in their trailer or something because that's what this looks like. And right even to the trailer, right even to the trailer, multiple times, uh, Kevin Smith throws in there. It's like, yep, I know this joke is lazy and I'm addressing it. So you can't say it's lazy. Gotcha. And it's like, oh, he got me on a technicality. He already made the joke I was going to make about how shitty of an idea this is. So now I can't make it. I can still make the joke. Even in the trailer, there's lazy editing. The lighting looks horrible. Um, There's a chance that this was probably made during the pandemic. No duh. But it looks so bad. Like, Kevin has never been a dynamic filmmaker when it comes to, like, camera movement or the way a film looks. It was always about, like, the quality of what he was putting out there. Mm. Um, But it's essentially he's remaking Clerks. He's remaking the first movie. Just he's making it as a movie in the movie of Clerks 3 and having to address, um, you know, who he introduced in Clerks 2. You don't see no Rosario Dawson in this. I'm very that's the only thing that has me intrigued about Clerks 3 is how they write her out of being in this movie. Yeah, like did Dante go back to uh, his first fiance or something like that, you know, I'm sure it'll be something really lame, like I smoke too much weed or something, you know, like whatever. Um, I actually didn't see this trailer I just because I forgot. I saw like in my Twitter feed and I just didn't click play on it. But I usually avoid trailers, but I will check this out so that I can kind of see what I'm getting into. But going back to the discussion that like Kevin was saying um, from like the Twitter heat that like everybody had over Clerks 2, um, I kind of want to go and rewatch Clerks 2 just because I've seen it maybe twice and I don't have a ton of memory of it. It's not like the rest of the Kevin Smith movies that are just burned into my brain uh, or at least the earlier ones, the first four or five. But uh, 
I don't know. I'm just, I am personally just sad. I am sad for Ed that uh, Elias is ruined because I know how big of a fan he was. Yeah, I, so I'm kind of torn on what they're going to do with Elias now if they're going to just have him be like a throwaway gag of like, I was a religious boy and now I'm a goth boy. And there's no, that's his story progression for the movie. Or if they do something where like, he goes back to his Jesus loving ways and throws down his gothness. Yeah. Just to give him something to do. Or maybe Elias will actually, it's not Elias. It's his brother Ezekiel. Oh yeah. (laughs) And what's the third brother that they mentioned that we haven't seen yet? Uh, That would rely on me watching the product. I can't, I learned things from Twitter, Joe. Okay. There's a third uh, Elias brother that also has an E name. Mm. Ed. Hmm. Yeah, it should be Ed. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, Ed. And I am uh, contacting Mantis about uh, Cruel. All right. I wonder, you know, since Ed is such a huge fan of 1997 Kane, I wonder if he's met the new Luchasaurus yet. I don't know if Ed watches uh, AEW, so I'm not really sure about that. All right. Somebody somebody in his circle clue him in on it. He might like yeah. that. Uh, But hey, Ed mentioned it, and I mentioned it. Um, We got the official announcement, and I guess show name, for the uh, August 27th LVAC show, right? Okay, yeah. Um, The Steel Stack Smackdown is what they said. Rolls right off the tongue, yep. And it said, the negotiations have concluded and the contracts have been signed. Hmm. The biggest event in LVAC history. Hmm. Contracts. Negotiations. Remember a couple weeks ago I said if you like who I like, you like who's going to be on this show? I do remember that. Yeah, that's all. Huh. Interesting. I know that Big Dan already claimed uh, dibs on being able to take a dive off the top of one of the steel stacks. Uh, good luck to Big Dan on that one. I'm gonna give <laughs> I'm gonna give him the Xavier Ring of Honor catch where it's like, oh, you're diving at me. I'm gonna take a step to the right and just put my hand out, and that's what you're gonna hit before you hit the ground. <laughs> well, if enough people stick their hands out, maybe it'll slow him down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Dan's a big boy, and uh, you know, velocity times ratio. I'm not a math wizard. Uh, yeah, I don't like the prospects of any of that. All right. But yeah, looking forward to it. I believe tickets go on sale shortly. Shortly. Nothing official. I don't know how the seating is um, going to be set up. I guess there's a balcony there, too. I guess this place holds like a lot of people. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's going to be a big deal. And, uh, you know, big, big names announced uh, coming for this. Uh, so, Hey, you know, you could, uh, that's it. Thanks for everyone who called. Uh, thank you very much, Adam. Good luck with figuring out what you're going to do with the a show. (laughs) Again, what I'm going to do is avoid them, but go on. (laughs) There you go. I changed the uh, code of the back of the, uh, corporate card. So it's going to be a little bit tougher for you to use that. You know, I had a new card reissued in the last couple of weeks. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, where where do you keep it by any chance? Yeah. (laughs) You don't mind me asking. (laughs) I keep it. I keep it down there. Oh, down where? <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, hey, you can help us out. Sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv. Uh, use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. 
uh, it is going to give Jerry a notification that we sent you to him. And if you keep your subscription, which you absolutely should and would, there's tons of independent wrestling there all the time. I think there's minimally like two to three live shows running every single day during the summer. Uh, so, you know, there's tons of stuff for you to watch currently. There's tons of archival footage. Uh, so like I said, definitely check out independentwrestling.tv. Uh, head over to our T Public store through the mothership, uh, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. Uh, the sale is at the end of the month, uh, 27th to whatever. Uh, so definitely check out the uh, sale then and get like add-ons inspired merch and shirts and all sorts of jazz like that. Uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. Uh, it's included in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Uh, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, some of the notable purchases to the Amazon click-through this past week include a G.I. Joe classified series Alley Viper. Okay. I'm familiar. Uh, I was always a fan of like the like when they introduced the Viper into the toy line and then they did like all the different types of Vipers as like essentially like the cannon fodder for the Cobras. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure that's like a hard to find figure because like people who do army building always want all the Vipers, you know, so like, yeah, a, a store will put like five of them on the shelf and somebody will buy all five to open all five, you know? Right. And I saw, um, you know, the, that pre-Eternia social media account. Um, Hasbro or whoever does the the Marvel figures just released like a box set of like nine hand uh ninjas, you know? Yeah, and I've seen that with like aim soldiers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, where like you sell the jobbers in bulk, you know, like <laughs> people are gonna buy them, you know, like I want tons of them for whatever I do, you know, don't do them at the same production level as you do the single carded figures. Yeah. But like you know, have them just like, I'm going to open them up. I'm going to have them be in my displays. They don't need fancy packaging. Like, sell them on your website loose. Yeah, you know? or, or just plain brown boxes or something like that. Something, you need, yeah. You need somebody to bump and feed to Snake Eyes, you know? Exactly. All right. Uh, somebody also purchased uh, Flush Cutter Wire Cutters BS8109 Soft Wire Cutter Pliers Precision Micro Cutter Anti-Slip Flush cutter for electronics, aluminum, jewelry, 3D printing, copper wire, cables, floral. <laughs> I was with you until the floral at the end. That makes no sense. Well, you know how they'll do like a, an arranged, uh, a, a, an arranged uh, set of like bouquet of flowers and stuff, and they'll put like the wires and stuff in there to get the oh, okay. flowers. To, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. As a, a florist in my former life, no, I was never a florist, but you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somebody also purchased purchased a craft shoe two piece rubber tip tweezers, PVC silicone flat and bent tip tweezers for lab industrial jewelry hobby craft tweezer tools. You know what, Joe? It sounds th those last two purchases sound like they were made by somebody who's like wildly over their head with a project that they recently took on. I was going to say with the jewelry line in there uh, that it was maybe somebody of the Diamond District who purchased them. You oh, know? that 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 makes more sense. That's yeah, right. that's what I was thinking. But anyway, thank you to anyone and everyone for any and all of your purchases. Uh, we are about a week and change away from Prime Day on Amazon, which is actually like two days, mm -hmm. where there's all sorts of like crazy deals and so forth. And then on the flip side, they increase what we get on the affiliate link. 
So if you're going to take part of anything from Prime Day, come to our link, find it, help us out, give us a little bit of a kickback, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. And that damn Prime Day jingle with like what John Baptiste is stuck in my head. I see it every two seconds on TV. <laughs> I don't know who that. I don't know who John. I don't watch TV. I don't watch ads. Uh, all right. Well, I'm old school like that. Uh, some other things that are old school like that are these podcasts you should listen to, Joe. And those podcasts are Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Music, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice. WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Wings on Wings, and Between the Sheets. And I'm not even doing the bit. I'm not even mentioning this other show that will never get mentioned because I've gotten too much play in the show already. So that's all my plugs. All right. Um, so do you want to do, uh, weekly purchases first? I think we should go into weekly purchases and, uh, you know, if, if we get fired up over something, you know, maybe we'll save that to the end. All right. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred dollar Vansky. Your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe, I, I normally start this off by saying that you might be surprised, but I have a lot of purchases. But this week was kind of a, a mid week for me. It wasn't a lot, wasn't a, wasn't a little. I'd say it's a, this is a healthy amount of purchases for me uh i got one. Oh, well you know what I'll, let me do one or two and then I'll, I'll i'll let you do yours if that makes sense absolutely go for it all right so just real quick i was out on doll safari today uh just making my rounds doing the jeweler's loop of uh doll safaris and at our local and by our i mean my local walmart not only did i see a ton of Brody lees and anna jays again uh, which they're starting to become peg warmers, which, uh, you know, good. I'm glad that there's a bunch of them out there. That's a, it's a good thing to see. But uh, one other thing I saw was a bunch of DC Multiverse McFarlane figures that were the gold labels, which are the ones that are exclusive to Walmart or Target. And there was an Azrael figure that I already owned, but I bought a second one, Joe, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, one to shit on and the other one to smash down the shit on. No, no, <laughs> because this one, for whatever reason, when it came out like a year and a half ago, it was impossible to find. And it was the first McFarland Azrael figure that I had to go and pay the suckers premium on and buy online on like eBay. Um, so it was good to, to get one at retail because I, I kind of buy two of all of these McFarlane Azrael figures. I keep one in the Detolfs and one just someplace safe in case something happens to the Detolfs. <laughs> so I bought a second Azrael figure, but, uh, I was happy to find it in the wild and I sent it along to the Scotty Pippen of Azrael figure collecting and he approved too. 
So what's the special thing other than like the gold label thing? Is just their exclusives there? Does are they like different paint jobs, or is it just a different sticker on the box? Uh, well, first of all, gold label means that that particular figure is an exclusive to that store. So there's gold labels that are sold on Entertainment Earth, Walmart, and Target, I believe. I think there might even be a couple that are exclusive to like mcfarlandtoys.com um but sometimes it's a completely different figure but for the most part it's a, a a paint job change you know in this case they took an existing Azrael figure from the curse of the white knight storyline that was originally all blue like dark blue and gold and they just basically spray painted it silver you know so it's just a straight repaint but it was a walmart exclusive that at least initially didn't have a wide distribution Gotcha. And one other thing that I bought, uh, you'll remember that uh, weeks ago I made my not at all inconvenient two excursions to Pandora's Box Toys in New Jersey. You remember that? I do. And at the time I bought the Danhausen one of 275 exclusive uh, Major Bendy. And, you know, I was happy to buy that, got it home. And for whatever reason, a couple days later, I thought to myself, wait a minute, shouldn't this have come with a card? Because a lot of the bendies come with a, with a, with a card. And I did not get a card. And I was going to message the store, uh, but I was actually watching the Major Pod Whatnot, and Broski was selling one of the cards. And he had said on the Whatnot stream that the cards were only given to people who pre-ordered the bendy. But if you bought the Bendy in the store after the fact, you didn't get it. So long story short, in my mind, I, I, I feel incomplete. And I found a major mark selling one in the group, like real cheap, about like half of the going rate. Uh, so I picked one up for like less than 20 bucks. So I have a complete Pandora's box, Dan Housen, Major Bendy and Major Bendy fig, uh, card. Good. Um, again, I didn't know that there was the different special thing with the cards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's the same family of cards, but it has a different design. It makes it obvious that it was the one meant to go with the exclusive, but just up in that resale value, Joe, that's all it was. All right. What do you got? Are you planning on flipping this now that you paid a premium for the Bendy and then paid a premium for the card maybe uh, i mean eventually you know like i still just based on sales that i've been seeing uh you know all things being considered like my cost of gas might cut into my bottom line but you know for what i paid for the bendy and what i paid for the card if i sold it you know i could still make a, a healthy couple bucks right now but i i like the figure i'm gonna hold on to it for a little bit i don't know you know we'll see Maybe the day will come where I'll need the money and I'll have to sell it. But as of right now, I'm being funded exclusively through the Funko Purge. <laughs> oh, and I see that's going great. Hey, I've sold a couple. All right. But what do you got, Joe? All right. So uh, this weekend, my wife and my son are going away for five days, uh, Sunday to Thursday for Boy Scout camp. Okay. Uh, my wife is one of the leaders. Uh, I am not, and you had to be a leader and go through, like, this testing process and everything else to go. Um, and I think it's probably, like, my kids last year at camp, maybe. I don't know. Every time the subject comes up, I'm told we can't talk about it right now. 
but they're going and while they're gone uh it's something that i've always kind of wanted for like myself and for my kid and now that they're going to be gone out in the woods for five days uh i got them a portable like battery charger gimmick for their for like their devices yep yep um according to product reviews and i did research and i looked into stuff and you know, I read the bad reviews and stuff like that. And the bad reviews typically are people that don't know how things work. <laughs> um, but this thing is supposed to, like, hold a charge for, like, three or four days. Like, it's supposed to have, like, 72 hours, quote-unquote, worth of battery life. And they're just going to be running one device off of it while they're there and, like, only charging it up at night. So we'll see how that goes. And then if it works well, um, when my kid and I go and do our long-day Pokemon walks we have something when we're far away from home to kind of charge our devices off us. Sure. I, I can tell you, Joe, the way the gimmick for this, I know this from a former life of importing and exporting is it's based on milliampage of the batteries. So do you have any idea what the milliamps were of the, uh, the battery backup you bought? I could tell you right now. Yeah. So generally the way it works is when you find that out, it'll be late. Let's just say while you're doing that, um it's 10,000 milliamps um okay here i see it now so you have one there it's 26,800 milliamps which is a ginormous one mm-hmm. your your average cell phone um depending on the model is between 3 to 5,000 milliamps from zero to full okay so so think of it this way if let's just assume on the high high scale that your phone is a 5000 milliamp device how many times does 5 divide into 2700 oh jesus or christ 27000 you know uh doing my gazintas is like 5 and change so what that basically means is that you'll have 5 and change full charges from 0 to 100 uh of your cell phone yeah so and again that's the thing they advertise it saying it's 5 days yeah. Um, and then the reviews are like, oh, this thing only worked for like two days and blah, 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 blah. But like, I don't know if you follow the directions, I think. Yeah, it's all based on how like if your cell phone, if you know, if you're using your cell phone with videos and recording and playing audio and if you only get eight hours out of your cell phone battery, then that, you know, is going to cut into the length of that that extended battery because you're charging, you're draining from that battery much more frequently, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, but I think that's a ginormous one. You did you did good there. I see a lot of those that are, like, good enough for one charge. I'm like, what are you supposed to do? Fucking use it and then throw it out? Like, it's yeah, like, and, like, it's only, like I said, it was on sale. It was only, like, 26 bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. But, like I said, when I buy shit like this, I don't just buy the first one I see. I do the, re- I try to do the research, you know? Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Joe. A uh, couple more things for me. Like I said, it's, oh, it's, it's a, a light very- week. It is. I Literally, I have two more purchases. I have a total of four purchases, which anybody who listens to this segment knows that that's a light friggin' week. Uh, one other thing that I purchased in the major group, and I'm going to shoot it over to you in text message right now. Uh, this is something that I had been keeping an eye on, not necessarily these, but things of this ilk on eBay for a while, and they don't pop up that often. But I've said before that I want to collect uh, early, early, early Brian Myers and, and Matt Cardona stuff, and what I purchased were- Oh, the pair, poker chips! A pair of tops poker chips of Brett and Brian Major from, I believe- 2006 or something like that. I could be off, but uh, 
some of the oldest WWE merch of the major boys. And uh, I got these for like really cheap. Like I, I, I don't want to say the guy who sold it didn't know what they were going for. Maybe he didn't care, but uh, I got it for a really good price. And like, if you try to look up like eBay comps, like I don't even know if one sold in the last 90 days. So uh, they're pretty damn cool, man. Pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I, I know they, uh, mention it cause he brings it up all the time that in his time in world wrestling entertainment, that was the only piece of merchandise that Cabana ever got was he got on one of the poker chips. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they just, I guess they cheaper to make cause they're probably just like a sticker. I don't know if they're actually printed on there. I didn't, I got them and I put them down today. I didn't get a chance to inspect them, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a unique piece of merch, you know, and I didn't pay hardly anything for them. And I'm going to guess that it was probably about 15 years ago because I know like within the last couple of days, like in between uh, here and there, I saw um, folks posting the SmackDown debut of the Major Brothers Yeah. <laughs> uh, in World Wrestling Entertainment after they had like a match or two in ECW, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, like I said, like 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. Um, One last purchase. And if you remember, last week I went on a doll safari, and I believe that's when I was tweeting out that uh, I found a bunch of Brodies then. And you said, oh, it's good that they're finally popping up in our area. And I said, well, I'm not exactly in our area. Do you remember that conversation? I do. So I had actually uh, taken a, a, a drive up to Binghamton, Vestal, you know, like just north of us, right? And, you know, I went to Walmart, I went to Target, I drove by the empty husk that was the toy store that I put a curse on to close, so I was nice. happy to see that they were gone. Um, and I thought to myself, all right, I found a ton of AEW figures, but nothing that I need. Um, I, I went into the, the Google Maps, and I wondered, is there a GameStop around here that I just don't know about? You know, like, I know there's one in the Vestal Mall, but it's terrible. Um, I was like, maybe there's another one. So I look and lo and behold, there's actually one on the main strip there that I just never noticed. I go to it and Joe, this is the biggest goddamn GameStop I've ever been inside of. Oh, this really? Thing, this thing, I hope I'm not exaggerating. It's probably three times the size of an average GameStop. So big that it had like two entrances, you know, oh. like one on one side of the building, one on the other. And okay. let, me just, let me just kind of paint a picture for you. When it comes to like Funko Pops, I know you don't care about Funkos, but it's easy to describe this. Um, Funko Pops, there are GameStop exclusives, obviously. Um, so there was not only every GameStop exclusive that has been released in the last like six months or so on the shelves, but there's like GameStop exclusive Funkos from like a year ago, a year and a half ago two years ago. And I'm like, holy shit, like there's stuff here that I have not seen in stores in forever. So I was blown away by that. So I decided, oh, let me go look for the wrestling figures. And if anybody who goes to a GameStop knows, the wrestling figure section at a GameStop usually consists of like two Bianca Belair figures and maybe uh, a, like a John Silver figure or maybe a random Santana figure. Like there's never much, at least in like this neck of the woods. Joe, I have never, and this counts when I went to, like, Wrestling Universe, I have never seen this many AEW figures in one place. I snapped a picture, um, but, like, I didn't kind of capture what was there because I found one section that had, like, 30 
uh, AEW figures, but then I walked to a different section and there was like 10 more. And I walked to a different section and there was 10 more. Now, granted, there were no chases, but there was like figures going back to series two. Like there was MJF's rookie figure still on shelves. And there was like Tay Conti figures and Brody Lee and Anna Jay and like everything in between. There was, uh, you know, Wardlow's like pretty much anything you could think of other than chases were out on the pegs and on shelves and just seemingly overflowing. So I was like, this is ridiculous. So the point of my story and what I actually purchased is I had seen they do these novelty helmets and they have like snake eyes and Cobra commander and Optimus prime and Megatron. There was a sound wave GameStop exclusive light up helmet that I snapped a picture <laughs> of. And I was like, Holy shit. I remember this being offered for pre-order like two plus years ago. And I didn't buy it or didn't want it because it was like too expensive or whatever. I just wasn't, you know, all in on Soundwave at the time. I looked at the price of it, Joe. Do you want to take a guess of what this helmet retailed? Uh, let's say 90 bucks. 120 bucks. Okay. So, so I looked at the sticker. I said, nah, this is the year of financial responsibility. I'm not going to buy this helmet. So I left and I drove home. <laughs> I drove an hour home, Joe, because it's an hour away, you know? And then... I don't know why I said, you know what? Let's just go on GameStop's website and see if I can order one in case I get FOMO. Joe, they're not available to pre-order or to order anymore. There's not even a landing page for them anymore. So I go on eBay and you know what? These things are briskly selling for on a routine basis, Joe. Let me guess 200. About 280 to 350. So go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so you do your gas math. <laughs> gas math. Yeah, I do my gas math. Uh, and I said, I'm not going to go and blow another two hours of a round trip to go and get this Soundwave helmet, am I? And I said, yeah, I'm going to blow another two-hour round trip. So the next morning, I drove back up to Vestal. It was still there. And I figured, hell, it's been there for two-plus years at this rate. Uh, so what are the chances that somebody would have bought it in that night? Uh, and I picked it up and I went home and, uh, I'm happy with my purchase. It will stay mint in box because in my research, I found that the sound wave was kind of like short packed versus the Optimus and the Megatron. Okay. Uh, so like, that's why you can go and you could still buy the Optimus on GameStop's website. But, uh, I guess it was a very limited run from what my research yielded. Uh, and, uh, you know, I said this to to somebody when I was telling them about it. They're like, okay, so you're going to go and sell it and triple your money now? And I'm like, no, but then I won't have the helmet, you know? But, uh, but yeah, I was like, I got to add this to the collection. It's it's a total Vansky move to to basically do four hours of travel when all said and done just to get it. But uh, I'm happy I have it. So I have so many questions, Adam. All right, go ahead. So this GameStop, as big as it is, is it just not in a well-traveled area that it has, like, this number of AEW figures, this super rare Soundwave helmet? And, like, who else knows what other rare shit is there that's just not on your radar that's yeah. just laying in this store? Like, why is this store, like, not, like, completely picked over? Um, I, I That's a very good question. Um, My guess, and I don't know, I'm not from there before, you know, not from that area. 
Uh, I have not searched for GameStops in that area before. So maybe it's a new store and it grand opened and like that's they're like here we're just going to stock you full of news of stuff you know from all these other stores and these warehouses just so that you look really good for your initial opening like i was the retail mind inside my head kicked in and i thought that maybe that's it um it is on a main drag you know it's on like the expressway but it's one of those gimmicks where you have to be on the right the proper side of the highway to get to it you can't make like the turn from the other side and it's like isolated. It's not part of like a strip mall where there's like other foot traffic. That would like, be my next question. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be like, all right, I want to get to this GameStop. Uh, I I need to be on the proper side of the highway. Uh, otherwise, I need to go down a half mile and like turn around and do that gimmick. Uh, and then there's really nothing else. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go to this GameStop and then walk over to this Starbucks or something like that. It's just you have to be going there on its own. And uh, as far as other things that like aren't on my radar, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible because there was like, uh, I'll be honest, with you, there, there were Transformers that I was like, oh, shit, I haven't seen that in a while. Like I was kind of itchy for, but like there's lots of Pokemon stuff and, uh, you know, things that I don't collect, you know, lots of other chotskis and stuff like that you know right right and that just makes me wonder and you know and obviously a four-hour trip um i'm shocked that you didn't just go ahead and crunch the numbers while you were in the store on that helmet yeah like i said it was me like thinking it is the year of financial responsibility and i am currently unemployed so i shouldn't be dropping 120 dollars on a on a sound wave helmet but then i was like yeah it, it is really a very unadam like decision to to leave and yeah. not get it uh, i don't i don't understand the mentality i was kicking myself you know to to go all that way and then, you know like i said it's an hour up an hour back to have to do it again was just the just stupid i was like this is very dumb even for me you know right but i think it was one of those things where it if it was 120 dollars and they were selling on ebay for 130 dollars 140 dollars i probably wouldn't have bought it if it was right. readily available but like the fact that i didn't learn that this was a rare item i was like man i should have done that research when i was there you know you're right i just yeah, didn't, and it, it didn't you've occur to done me. you've done more research for less Absolutely. At like other low end toy stores, like the one where you got yelled at for having your phone out that one time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like who's going to yell at you at a GameStop unless you try to like pepper spray an employee or something, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, it's just a complete lapse of judgment. I don't know what was going through. I don't know if I was, you know, reacting to something on Twitter or just something, you know, somebody texted me and I, just something distracted me from what I normally do. And, you know, I paid for it in the in the gas tank. Could it be the eyelashes that are growing into your eyeball that are affecting your judgment? No, you know, I was fine. You know, th this eyelash problem didn't uh, didn't start until yesterday morning. So this was uh, from from many days ago. At least that you're aware of. It is possible. You know, I, that might be the first step is that your uh, ability to to buy and sell your ability to import and export is uh, affected before the actual blindness kicks in. That is true. You never know. But I have it. I, sh I shot it over to you if you're curious of what the box looks like. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a nice uh, looking piece. You know, obviously it's not coming out of that box, but. Nope, never. But uh, yeah, I just got to add it to the collection. But that's all I got for purchases, Joe. All right. Well, it's time.
Joe, I, I, I don't have anything that I want to rant about. So what are we doing this segment for? Zombie Sailor Toys Heels and Faces Line 1 or Series 1 or whatever the fuck it's called, right? Yeah, probably the first and only series, but <laughs> well, I'm not going to well, listen, I'm not going to rant. I'm, I'm going to do my best not to rant and rave and raise my voice, but I, I could definitely see it happening. The thing is getting away from me. I have not prepared statements, but I have my notes and everything else that was going on with this. Um, you know, we mentioned it on the show um, almost uh, 13 months ago when we did the pre-order. Uh, for the first set, and I wouldn't wasn't one of the people that got the first set uh, of the Hasbro retro looking figures. There was a Hawkins, there was a Broski, there was a Dino Bravo, there was a Sabu, there was an Earl Hebner, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I need a I need a I need a Hawkins, right? Um, and save on shipping. Adam needed a Hawkins and a Broski, so we ordered together, save a couple bucks. Uh, by being a member of the major wrestling figure Patreon, Facebook group, whatever, you got early access, you got a little bit of a discount, whatever, okay? Yep. I knew it was going to take a while, and the thing didn't get me bummed out that it took so long. You know, um, seeing that the industry standard, and Zombie, I will give you as just one guy, um, you know, working out of a warehouse or whatever the hell he's doing, where you're seeing major companies, and I use major companies, let's say like Super 7, that have much bigger licenses like the Simpsons that just this week after announcing wave three of their Simpsons line where lines one and lines two aren't even out yet. Just this week, they announced delays of waves one and waves two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think think the, 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 the delay of the zombie figures and how long it took to get them while it might've been a punchline, it was never something that I was angry about. You know, now there were other people that were angry. Okay. Sure. And there were people that were posting in the Facebook group. Now, I don't go in the Facebook group very often. Uh, I got no problem saying that it's a uh, wretched hive of scum and villainy for the most part. <laughs> uh, but I would hear stories, you know, firsthand, secondhand, and I would go and investigate them for myself of people that would kind of bitch about, like, whatever with the figures. And Zombie would just go look up their name on their order on his order list and just cancel their order on them. Yep, I've seen which, I've seen those conversations. Which again, zombie is just a guy, and I don't know. That seems like bad business, right? That seems like not endearing yourself. Like you could let these people cr- criticize you, and you could shove it in their face by putting out a phenomenal product that like shuts them up. You know, mm-hmm. instead of like making this big public display of canceling multiple people's orders, and like doing this to try to like instill fear in everyone else to just accept what I give you. And that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So right before uh, we recorded last week, we got the shipping notification and I'm like, okay, got the shipping notification. It's a holiday weekend. Probably not going to get them until Tuesday. And they came on Tuesday, but then I see people that got shipping notifications and they were arriving on 4th of July. I see people that were getting the shipping notifications and they were like arriving the next day. But then I was seeing people that were posting just god-awful-looking figures. Warped cards, bent cards, damaged cards, all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And I see these things exploding in the Facebook group. And again, as it always happens, things escalate. Comments get turned off. Posts get deleted. The guy who started the original post just goes through the whole process again. 
but he wasn't the only one. He was just the most vocal. And there were a lot of people. It's like, I ordered all five. Two of my five came in good shape. The other ones are a little whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So then I get my figures and they came in a box. There was three Hasbro figures. Um, they were stacked up. Uh, if we go from the bottom of the box, there was a thin piece of bubble wrap on the bottom of the box. Uh, one figure with its back down, another figure on top of it, another figure on top of that, and then a piece of paper crumbled up and put on top of that. Zombie who claims he does this, like, pro-handling job of all these figures and all this other shit, right? Yeah. He knows how to ship, he does the best stuff, even though he's just one guy, he's a figure guy, so he knows how all this shit works, right? Yeah, he's like, I makes it a point to be like, I I handle like ten thousand dollar figures, so I know how to take care of products and and just not to step on your toes, but so much that like he publicly criticized Chella for the quality of their card backs and their shipping, and like that like he would do a much better job than they did. Right. So I get my uh, I get the figures, and the Broski, which is the one that was on top, is fine, and Adam has it. It's in his hands. You say it's fine, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's it's as good as I would have expected, you know? Right. Now, the two Bryans, on the other hand, eh, a little bit of white on the edges, a little bit of just, like, you know, wear and tear. The one has, like, a little bit of a gash taken out of the, like, underneath, like, the M and Myers. And then if you look at them on the back, like, where the bubble is, like, glued onto the back... It's, like, kind of, like, warped and just looks weird. Looks a little off, right? Yeah, it looks like, like, too much glue was used on that particular one. And, you know, there's sure. some bend- bending on the card, you know. So I post the pictures in the Facebook group. And I said, hey, I see a lot of people came a lot worse. These are all mine came. It's not optimal. But, you know, again, it's just kind of a bummer. I was hoping to get, you know, because, you know, as I mentioned, one was for me and one was for Adam when it comes to the Bryans. And I know you have a much stricter, you know, whenever we've gotten figures before we get multiples of some things, I always let you look at them and I let you take what you think is the better of the two, right? And I appreciate that, yeah. And usually we're comparing like a 9.2 to a 9.3, but yeah. like I'm I'm giving you two like eights or like two 7.8s, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm overreacting. And I even say maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. I see people having much worse luck with these sort of things, right? So... Uh, I get a couple people that are like, yay, I agree, these don't look great, but it's a lot. it could be a lot worse. And then I get a guy who's like, hey, go contact Zombie, he'll make things right. Yeah, and I just want to jump in here. Like, the prevailing message from a lot of the zombie, like the pro-zombie people in that group was either, well, did you message Zombie before you posted this? And or, I did. Or, did, don't worry, Zombie's going to make it right. That's like the the catchphrase. Zombie will make it right. I feel like I saw those words posted a hundred times over the course of the last couple of days. Right. So I contacted Zombie before I posted the thing in the group. And I kind of got a little bit more into things. I sent a little bit more higher quality things. I sent a lot more pictures and everything else like that. So Zombie replies to me Tuesday night saying, unfortunately, figures are bound to get dinged in transit. And all figures are never going to be perfect unless they're handpicked and given to special people in the group. That's me adding that in there. In the future, 
in the future, we will do all we can to ship more securely. My commentary, how about you do that in the first place? It's not like we're all new to this figure game. And as well as offer a collector-grade figure for you to choose from. Yeah, so these already very, very expensive figures that took a long time to produce and are supposedly being handled by an expert at handling and uh, and, and stopping bad figures from being shipped out is going to charge extra so that you get the same quality figure that he would give to Broski and, and Myers, you know? Right. So uh, the next day, or it, so as that comes out, and I don't have Zombies post right here in front of me, but he posts up in the group essentially saying like, Hey, everybody's complaining. Um, you know, it was like less than 1% of the orders are having these issues. And the warping on the cards was nothing that I did. It was due to the moisture in, you know, the air when these things got shipped, right? Yeah. So was it the moisture of them sitting in crates on a barge in New York City for weeks? Or did the warping happen on their two to three day delivery from your warehouse to these people's homes? He was putting warped figures in boxes to people and hoping for the best. Yeah, because he made it a point to publicly state that he was personally handling and packing. I don't want to say half because I feel like that's what's sticking in my memory. But a large portion of customers' orders is that he was the one that was packing those. You know, so at some point, whether it was Zombie or somebody else that works for him, I'll just say to cover our butts, uh, somebody was looking at these figures and knowingly packing very poor condition figures and just being like, oh, good enough, you know? And this is these Broski and Myers hanger honors that have this whole thing, whether it's Zombie or whether it's Kinnick or anybody who does these ancillary items, right? Mm-hmm. Where they always say, oh, there's more, there, the, the, uh, there's less complaints than you actually are seeing or there's less damage things and the it's less than 1%. Yeah, that's that's, the, that's the their company line. It's always less than 1%, which is bullshit. Because, you know, we're not talking about, like, you want to talk about orders, you want to talk about individual figures, Like, I could go through every single post and count every individual person and see how many they were. And then using the law of averages of, like, how many people ordered versus how many people post in the group and so on and so forth. But, like I said, the people that post in the group did get them early, like myself included. As of this recording, there were people that ordered the figures that haven't even gotten shipping confirmations yet, let alone their figures, right? They just ordered them much later than we did. Yeah, and and, I mean, that's... Fine, you know, and that's fine. Shit's gonna ship if it's a one or a two man operation. That's completely understandable. But to say that it was only one percent when I could go through this Facebook group and find minimally uh, seven to ten percent of people complaining, if we're looking at like pieces ordered or orders, however you want to slice it, but that's always the bullshit company line. It was less than one percent, right? And plus, there's a lot of people in the group, you know, and that this is fine, but they open their figures, right. you know, so like, who knows what condition theirs was in, or even if they took any notice or cared, you know? Right. So then, on Wednesday, uh, not friend of the show, but my friend, uh, Ethan Page, post up, wanted to signal boost this from a toy forum as a warning to all wrestling collectors. If you're interested in the heels and faces line coming out, The figs do look incredible. This is the customer service you'll be dealing with. 
Uh, I guess it's fine since he's made enough money, it seems. And it's a post from Zombie in a in a in a toy group saying, hey, dude, people 24 seven send me screenshots of this pathetic forum. Your for your information, I've already grossed two hundred thousand dollars in profit. In posts on social media, I wrote I had a thousand sets allocated for in international buyers when if they ever sell overseas, regardless if so on and so forth. Uh, as a note, most of you live on this group are pathetic. Seriously sad lives you live. Oh well, I already made two hundred thousand dollars and I'm just getting started. Now this is a post from a year ago. Uh, but this is just another example of zombies, poor customer service or people skills or however you want to slice it. Right. Yeah. And I will just say full disclosure. He says that that was in response to people in that forum taking shots at his family. Okay. I don't, I don't know the context, but. So we'll get to that. Okay. Zombies reply is because context is king. Ego page posted a screenshot out of context of me lashing out at trolls on a public message forum last year. What's conveniently left out is for four or six months straight, I was receiving nonstop attacks in that very forum that I never responded to. In the screenshot, I wrote about the forum being pathetic and how I made $200,000 in profit. Edit, out of the $200,000, I'm proud to say talent has been paid out close to $100,000. Again, still make it $100,000. What's missing is the post I responded to was someone saying I lost $100,000 so far on the venture and my family should get used to living in one of my case fresh cardboard boxes. I responded once I saw them bringing my family into it. If you were being bullied or your family, you should defend yourself and them. End of story. Thanks for your support. And then that could be the end of it, okay? Um, Obviously, he could have just ignored these things. But obviously, I get that family is a very touchy subject. I've mentioned many times before. I've had people say the worst things in the world about me. But once they say something about uh, my kid or, God forbid, my wife, then the fucking gloves are off. Um, final edit, quite the coincidence that someone who was a figure made from another toy seller attacking me on Twitter, I'm sure coordinated attack. So, so instead of addressing the issue and trying to resolve whatever the problem is with these people and with Ethan Page and whatever else, he decides to throw shade and say that this is Chella, the company that Ethan Page is a figure out through. doing a coordinated attack to try to discredit zombie yeah complete nonsense so i will say zombie is doing a good enough job of discrediting himself by just being an asshole in general yeah i will also say this i have a double j figure that i pre-ordered uh not shortly thereafter we're coming up in about a year since the double j was pre-ordered right yeah, and I don't know if you have the, the timetable he recently talked about for that Double J, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, so he said that the Double J should be out within the next two weeks. Out of the factory within the right, next two Right, out weeks. of the factory in the next two weeks. So again, I'm not expecting that Double J to ship until the end of August if we're on that same timetable as yeah. the first set, right? Yeah. Even though multiple times as the first set was coming in, he said that once the first set is in, the Double J will be there shortly thereafter and again i'm gonna guess it's gonna be at least a month plus right yeah 
All that being said, I think I'm done dealing with fucking zombie. Uh, I like that there's a Raven in the next set, and I saw the mock-up of it, and it looks really cool. I can't see support in this guy. Yeah. I, you know, that's one of the things is that, like, I, I I don't want to give this guy any money. You know, but am I going to pass on the the Cardona-Nick Gage two-pack when it comes out? Eh. I, I, I probably won't, <laughs> you know, I'm very much torn on it, but like when it comes to like the Raven, you know, like if this was a great experience, I would probably have bought that Raven. I'm yep. not a Raven collector, but like, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to grab that because it's cool as shit, but uh, I don't need it. I'm not going to buy extra. I'm going to buy the things that are in my core collection. If somewhere in series 52 they get around to a, a mark sterling i'll buy that you know what i'm saying but because that's stuff that i collect but like i'm not going to go and and reach out to other things like that raven or other people that might pop me along the way you know yeah and, and i'm saying this in a public forum on the podcast so it's recorded that i'm saying i'm gonna pass on the raven maybe the double j comes in you know comes in early or maybe the double j comes in all fucked up and zombie goes above and beyond to replace it or Zombie learned his lesson from this fiasco and the double J comes packed pristinely, right? Yeah. And I just want to say, like, I posted a couple times in the group because people keep saying, don't worry, zombie's going to make this right. And I've asked and I had to do it very calculatedly because God forbid somebody sees me and thinks that I'm negative in the group because I've been trying to be a good soldier in that group. <laughs> and I say, like, hey, not trying to start a fight, just a simple question. Does anybody have an example of zombie making this right? Because a lot of people are saying, don't worry, zombie's going to make it right. But it, I have yet to see a post where somebody said, hey, guys, I got these in damage. I contacted zombie. He's going to replace them, yeah. you know, or something to that effect. Because all I'm seeing is him telling people, well, just send them back and I'll give you your money back. Yeah. Well, that solves nothing. Because, yes, you'll get your money back, but you're out a super limited figure that has a, a pretty decent resale value, you know, uh, just to basically say, well, send it back. I'll give you your money back. Like, that's yeah. such a shitty response. So all I was saying is, can somebody show me an example of him saying, oh, don't worry, he took care of me? Because there's a lot of people running to his defense, but nobody is giving me proof that he did anything other than say, oh, my bad, we'll try harder next time. And there's no proof of him making things right in the past, as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah. And, and all I'm seeing is, like, I saw somebody say, well, would you blame Jeremy Padauer if your shipment of AEW figures from Walmart got damaged? And I'm like, that is not even close to the same friggin' thing. You know, Jeremy Padauer is not boxing up shit at the Walmart distribution center and sending it to you. Right. You know? Am I PayPaling this money directly to Jeremy Padauer? Yeah. Am I doing it in a way that I can't ask for a refund after 90 days? Is Jeremy Padauer the face of a multi-billion dollar toy company that also has lines for Pokemon amongst, like, Pokemon, Fortnite, Coco Melon, yeah. uh, you know, all these other things, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, Zombie has one thing to do, he has one job to do, and he does it poorly. Yeah. And brags about how good he does it. Yep. It's it's infuriating. You know, like, man, it, it, I, I don't want to retread over stuff, but it, it just, 
it makes it like why like I get it. I say here on the podcast, even if things didn't change, I, I will order <laughs> that two pack. I might have to have somebody else do it for me if this gets to them and it'll block all my orders, you know, but uh, I'm going to order them. But man, it's going to make me I'm, I'm going to be dissatisfied, dissatisfied with the process unless some type of attitude changes, you know. Yeah. I don't know. And it probably won't. You know what I mean? Because, huh. like, a lot of times, like, when I was being told about how shitty Zombie was being in the Facebook group, I'd be like, nah, you know, maybe it's uh, warranted, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, you know, like, making all of these excuses because it's not me, right? Yep. And now that it's me, I'm just like, oh, it's me. <laughs> now I care. <laughs> yeah, now I care. Like, I cared before. But I'm like, uh, maybe it's just getting blown out of proportion, or maybe there's a misunderstanding, or maybe, 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 um, it's just, yeah, this whole thing comes off, uh, you know, rough, you know? Yeah. <sighs> well, at least we have our figures, and you could delete that email, Joe. Okay. <laughs> That email was deleted once they arrived, yes. Oh, okay. There we go. And just to kind of wrap things up, unless you have any more, you have to send me a link to those Defenders. When you brought them to the shop, I was like, oh, I got to get some of these. Because we've already demonstrated these cards are not the most rigid, durable cards. Mm -hmm. So I I should probably protect them. Uh, It's not like my Chella Ethan Page figure. I could freaking wick that at the wall and it'll just put a hole in the wall. (laughs) So I should probably get Defenders for these. Right. Send me the link. All right. No problem. That's all I got, Joe. You got me all riled up, too, just along with you. Yeah, that's all I got, too. I'm done. (laughs) Nice short show. Uh, Short for us, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening. This was uh, episode 197 of At Odds With Wrestling. Uh, For Adam, this is Joe saying again, thanks for listening, be safe out there, and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named Network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Network.